Are we live? What's up, man? How's your day? What would you have for lunch? Oh, man. So we had a wonderful soup and salad that took almost an hour and a half and was nice. literally horrible. Get this, bro. Soup and salad from a steakhouse. What are you doing, bro? Yeah. Yeah. You saying that, Adam goes, oh, wow, they have shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey, look. Well, I didn't even have lunch. We, uh, Josh bought this chiropractor bed thing for the company, and um, ever since he bought that, I haven't taken the lunch. I literally clock out, go sit on that thing, and that thing works magic. I feel like I'm 20 years old again. So wait a minute. So that's why I got a text message from your wife that said we need to put some cleaners on the table because yeah. German was <laughs> laying on it? <laughs> nah, because I was complaining. I was like, how... I was like, after we're done, how, how do we clean it? I mean, because we have the disinfectant wipes, but that breaks leather throughout time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I ain't wanting to be my fault because I think I use it the most. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to crack this leather. And I was like, get Josh to buy, like, the good stuff. And you did. Thanks. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> so how's your day? It's going pretty good. Just got thoughts running across my mind. What you got? What are you thinking about, man? All right, so the company as a whole, I noticed that. Wait, we're going straight up. A company talk. Oh, man, he's putting in work. Yeah, golly. Okay, what's up, Adam? On the clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the company as a whole, I noticed that we moved a lot from rental home to rental home, small homes here and there. Um, oh, we oh man, we personal. weren't in mansions or yeah. nothing? Not even close. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I was wondering, like, how did you get the cash flow to actually start the company in the beginning to know? Mm, man, that's pretty a, deep. That's a good question. All right, so... Wait, hold on. Let me understand. You're saying y'all was broke, and with y'all being broke, you started this company? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the premise. So... Mm, interesting. I guess looking at that... From if, broke? If you were doing... If you were... Okay, let, let's put you at like 10 years old. You had a lemonade stand, right? So you, your parents are having a garage sale or whatever. You got a lemonade stand out front of your house. And you're going to charge 50 cents a cup, whatever. You're trying to make some side money. How do you start the lemonade stand? Depends. Do I have a lemon tree in the presence, or like, do I have the, to go buy the, lemons? <laughs> there's no lemon tree. You're in the tip. Okay, you're in the suburban hood rental house that we were in back in the day. Uh, how do you do your lemonade stand? Don't say steal lemons from your neighbors either. Back in the day, if you wanted to start like a little side, just like lemonade stand, you would probably go cut one or two lawns, get like thirty to fifty bucks, right? Then you go buy your supplies, lemon, sugar. Okay, you're, you're way jumping ahead here. So you're talking about you're already starting a lawn business Not on the side business, before you even get to your lemonade yeah, I don't even business. have a lawnmower, man. No, nah, you, you know those kids <laughs> that need like an extra cash on the side, so they grab like a little push mower, they go. Okay, you didn't even go where I thought you were going to even go slightly. Okay, so you're you, 10 years old, you want to do a lemonade stand. You ask you, your parents to you buy some parents. money. <laughs> you ask your parents, you'd be like, hey, I want to do a lemonade stand. And they you buy me some lemonade and yeah. some cups. And can I borrow your end table so I can put a little blanket over it? Wait, hold on, but table? hold on. But be on his side, though, it was actually good that he didn't want to come bother you yeah, for the money yeah. he wanted to well, go see, cut the grass. I, I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm starting a business by starting another business. Right. Then I'm going to start another business to pay for that business. Right. So he was trying to do like two or three at the same right. time. That's all entrepreneurs are born. <laughs> this is my kid, right? Right. I wonder where he gets it from. But, but okay, so, so you want to start a business. And let's just say uh, this company costs... A uh, hundred thousand or two or three hundred thousand dollars to start, right? But you don't have any money, 
So you have to find how am I going to start this business? So it's a dollar makes two dollars, two dollars makes four dollars, four dollars makes eight dollars, right? But you need the first dollar that you don't have. So in a lot of those situations, like the lemonade stand, you would ask your parents. You'd say, hey, I want to start a company. Uh, do you think that I could actually be successful at this? And will you give me some money? I swear I'll pay it back. I'm good. I know it's going to work out. Everything's going to be great. No, no, no. Don't ask if you're going to be successful. You're supposed to know you're successful. So your parents going to look at you, and they're going to sum you up, and they're going to be like, okay, I got $100,000 in the bank. That's my retirement. My kid just came to me and said, hey, I want to start a business. A lemonade stand? For you, $100,000? What, what, are we selling gold I'm liquid? I'm talking about a real business. <laughs> Okay. Lemonade stands, you went to your parents, they gave you 20 bucks. They were like, ah, if he, he does great, great. And if he tanks it, who cares, right? right. In and the real world, something. if your parents had the hundred grand, they would still have to sum you up in that same conversation. Am I going to risk my last 20 bucks because I think my 10-year-old is going to bring back my 20 bucks at the end of the day, right? Now all you're doing is putting that on a grand scale. So now you're saying 100,000 bucks. Okay. My parents definitely did not have a hundred grand to give me to start a company. I thought you was gonna say they did. I was gonna be like, so you and, grew up with a silver and, spoon. And, and most people <laughs> do not have a parent that have a hundred grand. No, they do right? not. So your next step is I need money. Where are you gonna go? My parents actually own the bank. Books. The bank. Get some right? loans. You're gonna go to the bank and you're gonna be like, I got this great idea. <laughs> I'm gonna start a fragrance company. I I know I'm gonna turn it into ten million dollars. If you guys give me a hundred grand. Charge me whatever interest you want. I'm going to pay, pay it back. back. Right? You know what the bank's going to give you on hopes and dreams? LOLs. Good luck, brother. <laughs> and send you right back out the door. And that's exactly what they did. So now your parents have no money. The bank's not giving you any money. Wait, so you went to a bank first and said, hey, I want to start a fragrance company. Oh, we went to several no. banks. Several banks. Not even one bank. We went to several banks. And they literally were like, no. uh, you have a little equity in your home. Uh, you have decent credits. We trust you with maybe ten grand, and you're like, "Well, ten grand's not going to do it. I need, I need like some serious money." They're like, "Nah, you ain't getting it from us." Side, right? side note: What? How much does a forklift cost? A forklift, a used forklift, which is what we got. Yeah. you're looking at eight to ten thousand dollars. Dang. So a new you... forklift, you're looking at thirty thousand. There went your loan. So, right? There goes your then, loan. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we bought. We get a forklift. <laughs> And that's it. We yeah. don't have a building. Yeah, we don't have it. a computer. Nothing. We don't have a copier. <laughs> Woohoo! We're yeah. in business. We bought a forklift. Start right? doing donuts in the parking lot. You don't even have a parking lot. <laughs> so you have to look at it and go, okay, there's got to be a way to get this to work out. So you got to start thinking out of the box, right? So your parents said, I got no money for you. The bank said, I got no money for you. You look in your wallet. You may have, you know, 100 bucks. And in your savings, you might have a couple thousand dollars or whatever. But you're going to notice you got these plastic cards in there, right? If you have decent credit, right? And what is that called? A credit card. A credit a credit card. card. Or as okay. my mom calls them, the devil's card. Literally, <laughs> like 90% of companies start out on a credit card. Right. Right? Because you might have a $2,000 limit. You might have a $5,000 limit. And you might have several cards, so you might be able to group ten or fifteen thousand dollars and be able to start. Right. right, and that's where most people, you know, if I'm starting a, a t-shirt company or I'm starting a resale company, that's what you'd use. Right. You use your credit card, 
you'd pay the minimum and you'd try to survive for the first year, try to make some money, turn $5 into $10, $10 into $20 right, right, and so on. You just right. keep doubling your money, right? In our situation, we needed a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory. We needed a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. So wait, a couple hundred thousand. So you, so for somebody on the outside looking in to start a fragrance company, you need at least half a mil. You're really looking at a quarter to a half a mil to even be able to make your first item. Wow. So before you can make a ten pounder worth a hundred dollars, you have to invest a quarter million dollars. And that's, that's why we don't. People. That's why we don't sell under yeah. ten pounds. So we don't sell under ten pounds. So, so <laughs> for our inventory, let's say we have five hundred raw materials. You have to have at least a pound of each, each one, one of those materials. Right. So when you contact a chemical supplier and you say, "I need a pound of this," they say, "Oh, well, our minimum's a fifty-five gallon drum. You have to buy four hundred pounds." And you go, "I don't need four hundred pounds. I just need a pound." Well, I'm sorry, that's our minimum. Where have I heard that before? I right. think every day here. So now on the other side of that, and that's not all, but let's say if the material's $2 a pound. Well, they're not going to sell you one pound for $2. Right. Their minimum quantity is a 400-pound drum. $2 a pound, easy math, $800. Okay, now I got freight to get it delivered to me. I have $1,000 invested in that one pound for $2 that I needed in that batch. Right. Dang. So now multiply that times 500 items, and now you can see why the inventory costs so much in, in the startup. So you really have to figure out, how am I going to get the material? How am I actually going to get the resources to run the company? And how am I going to pay my personal bills? Because I can't just tell the kids, hey, you can't eat, and I'm not going to pay for your field trip. And uh, yeah, you need clothes for school. Ah, go without this year. That doesn't work. So you have to figure it out. Watch me do it. <laughs> so the first thing you have to realize is cash flow for a startup. You have got to be in a situation where you're as lean as possible. And what I mean by that is you can't have car notes of a brand new car. You can't have a house note that's crushing you at two or $3,000 a month. You can't uh, be paying for all these extra things. You have to be as lean as possible. So I mean, like literally <laughs> trying to survive on like $1,000 or $1,500 a month, right? So we're talking ramen. We're talking broke, right? You're not broke because you're starting a company. You're actually going to become something, but you can't. But that's on hopes on and dreams. Else. It's on hopes and dreams. All you got to do is throw a different seasoning on the ramen soup. You're eating something different every well, day. Well, you know, there's a saying that says you can live on love. <laughs> You can't live on life. No, no, you but can't. You have to eat. Right? Tell that to I my mean, wife. Well, <laughs> all right. Starting the company, if you like, you're pretty much maxing out your credit cards, right? Correct. Did that scare you? Like maxing out your credit cards, not even knowing for sure that you'll be able to pay them back in a certain amount of time. Maxing out my credit cards didn't scare me, but when we actually were growing at such a fast rate that we basically owed a million dollars on personal debt and company debt and the sales were not there to back it up to back Damn. it up then you start getting a little nervous Wait, hold on, hold on before we jump into that so then how did you get the half a mil to start the company so what we ended up doing is i basically sold everything that i had sean had sold everything that he had and we basically grouped together about 
$125,000, really between both of us, credit cards, credit lines, and so on. And we both had figured, okay, we're not going to be able to draw salaries for at least uh, 12 months. So we're going to have to get over that hurdle. So we made a deal with another fragrance company that was actually being bought out, which was Monarch. And we said, we need to use your inventory for a window while we're actually producing some of your product. So if we had not done that deal to cover the inventory side, there's no way we would have been able to start. Wait, hold on. So there was another company going out of business because they didn't have business. The company had been bought and they were transitioning the business to California. So they were moving it from East Coast to West Coast. Okay. But it wasn't beneficial to shut it down because they had all these East Coast customers. So we had enough money to cover our overhead. Mm -hmm. We had enough money to cover the labor, the building, the machinery. We didn't have the money for the inventory. Right. So with them helping bridge the gap for the inventory for the first six months, that gave us enough momentum to build enough equity and money back into the company to start purchasing our own inventory and, and the re- start growing up. But the reason it worked for them is because y'all were doing some of their orders? Yeah, were you making their products? We were processing their products, so we were using our labor to, to make use their... their material to supply fragrances to their customers on the East Coast. But then you were also having your own product and you were using their... So we had a very short window, and this is every startup. The second you say, I'm in business, and you have employees, it's costing you money. So right. if you don't have sales within a very short window, it's game over. So were they giving y'all any kind of money for the products y'all were doing for them, the fragrances y'all were doing for them? We did a tolling agreement that was bare bone to where we basically weren't making any money off of it. The only benefit that we really had was yeah, using use their them, inventory. So it that pretty much was, was... One hand washes the other. Okay. So we're making your product if you'll let us use your inventory. And of course, we paid them every drop that we used. We cut them a check. We used this much amount, and, and that's how we did it. But that was how we bridged the gap at the beginning. And if we could not have bridged that gap, it would have been game over. How long? So, so we did really, it was, like, it was like this other fragrance company gave us a credit line of $100,000 or $125,000 worth of inventory for that first window. Six months. Six months. And then after that, we were up on our own. We had our own sales, and then we were doing our own thing. Six years ago. Six years ago. You was 12. Yep. Did you have any idea y'all were that broke at 12? I did. <laughs> That's where my ramen addiction kicked in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, literally, you have to have a, a, a meeting with your family and say, look, we made decent money. We were covering all of our bills. Everything's good. Prior, but if prior I to start, yeah, mm-hmm. But if I start this company, we will be flat broke for at least 12 to 18 months. I mean, you literally have to have that conversation. And everybody has to agree. So it can't be like, oh, Dad, take me to the ice cream shop. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. I mean, you literally have to know you're going to sacrifice everything at that start. And if you can't agree, you're going to go through a divorce. Your kids are going to hate you. It's just going to. So you have to be open that this is your plan. So you said yourself, your wife, and all five of your kids was like, this was about to happen. Yep. And they were like, okay, Dad. Like three kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, see, on the other side, it was, it was Sean. Uh, had some muscle cars. So he actually did restorations and built some muscle cars from the ground up. I mean, like, to the frame, nut and bolts, beautiful cars. He liquidated the cars? He sold both of those on the startup. So 
uh, you know, I had a motorcycle that I loved. I had to give it up. I mean, you start going through all your toys and you're just like, it doesn't matter. I can always buy another toy, but the startup is key. I mean, they'll say a true, a true business owner will sell his TV in his living room to keep his company alive. Right. So, That's fact. so you had the mindset like, I don't care what I do. I'll sell anything. It'll I, all come back. This is going to work out. Right. Now here's what happens though. And this is the, the sad part is people will do this. They will have a conversation. They will max out their credit lines and then their company fails. That's, I w- that was my next question. Like what if that would have so, failed? So now you're a million dollars in debt. Your personal has collapsed. Your business has collapsed. And the only option you have at that point, you, you're, it's a bankruptcy. You're done. There's, there's nothing you can do. Well, I think you're going to say the only option is a divorce. Like, dang, bro, like, what you mean? But, but you have to realize that stress that's put on the family, yeah. it usually does turn into a divorce. Right. Because he's coming home stressed out of his mind. The wife's, you know, trying to deal with it. You know, then all of a sudden that's where drugs and booze and everything else come in because they're just trying to deal with their situation. So how hard did you hit on liquor? How bad did you fall on liquor? No? I actually quit smoking like a year before I started the company. And I remember a couple of times I was like, I can't believe I quit smoking going through this much, right? But you just figure it out. Because you were stressing. You just stressed. Could you tell your dad was stressing at that age, at 12 years old? I could. We stopped going to the movies. We stopped fishing. But looking at it now, it was a sacrifice I was willing to take. But now that you're older, you realize that. Four years ago, did you understand at 16? Well, I mean, you're a well, bright he, kid. He always sat the family down. was like, listen, this is what has to happen. This is what is going to happen. And so the company was up and running. Okay, you said six it's, months. It's funny you guys saying that. There, there was one story that sticks out. You uh, better not start crying on this. No, no, no. no. Oh. <laughs> Everything at work was, like, stressing me out. Uh, we were having system problems. We were having finance problems. We were having sales problems. We were having problems all the way across the board. And I'm literally sitting in my shop in the garage, and I had a leaf blower. And this thing was a, a, a piece of garbage. And uh, uh, I bought it at Home Depot, like 70, 80 bucks, whatever. And I'm sitting there, and I'm pulling on it, and I'm pulling on it. And I'm so pissed, I ripped the pull cord out of it, right? And I'm looking at this leaf blower, and I'm just like, you're just a piece of crap. But I can fix anything. So, okay, no problem. I take this thing apart. I take the spring housing apart. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever taken apart one of these things, but a wind-up has this spring that when you pull the string out, it winds the string back up, right? So I'm trying to put the new string in there, and the spring has so much force on it, it literally fires across my workshop. So, I mean, the spring's like, I don't know, 20 foot long, and it's everywhere, and I'm so pissed. I literally just grab a hammer off the workbench, and I just start annihilating this thing. I mean, I'm just bashing it, right? I pick up what's left of it. I go outside. I throw it in the trash can, and I turn around, and I can see my wife hiding behind a car, and I can see one of the kids hiding behind the fence. And I said, what are y'all doing? She goes, you just look so pissed right now. We're just leaving you alone and giving you space, right? And at that point, I realized how the company really just infuriates you at sometimes because you you're so invested in it and you have so much energy and time and it's just like it just completely collapses right but then you have to refocus and you have to say okay what works what doesn't work how am i losing money how do i need to get this back on target and then you refocus but 
you have to stop for that moment of clarity. And a lot of people don't. Like those rages come out and all of a sudden they just fall apart and everything deteriorates. And that happens, right? But you have to find a way to vent. Like I literally, I started going to the gym. I started walking. I started kayaking. Um, I actually brought my kayak to work. I would just at lunch, I would spend an hour and I would go kayaking on the water. You find ways to get the stress off of you, but it's just a process. You have to go through it. Well, I'm glad you didn't pick up smoking again. Well, I'm telling you, smoking, drinking, uh, drugs, you see all these people who are entrepreneurs, and I mean, their companies did great, but literally the stress ate them up so bad, they just fell apart. Dang. And you can't let that happen. I mean, you have to look at it and just be like, okay, I can handle this. I need to make these certain things happen. I have certain deadlines I have to meet, but you have to realize you're only going to get 90%. So people stress on the 10%. The 10%, no one cares about. If your company's growing 90%, who cares that you didn't get the last 10%? If 90% of your sales come through, no one cares about the 10%. If you're paying 90% of your bills on time, the 10%, you're gonna catch up. It's as long as you're doing 90%, you're good. And a lot of people don't realize that. They're saying, oh, I need to be 100%. I need to be 100% in the company. I need to be 100% at home. I need to be 100% uh, taking care of my, my parents or whatever the situation is. You can't. It's capability versus capacity, right? You're capable of doing all that, but your capacity level can't handle it. And that's where the stress kills people. You can't. That was the first year at AFI. So after... That was probably like around 18 months. Yeah. It's like so two, when... It was going into the second When year. did you start getting a check and like the stress started coming out? Well, I don't want to say the stress well, coming out. Well, money's never been my motivator. Like, Not money, but I'm just saying because you started with borrowed well, money. Like, like so when like, did you start paying it back and you were okay? Like when, when did you start it paying? It really takes about three to four years. I would wow. say all of my credit cards were maxed and everything was there till probably a little over three to four years. And at four years, you had how many employees already? And you were still in debt? Mm, at four years, we probably had 20, 22 employees, something like that. Well, it's like the second to third year, Mark he was getting money technically to do these payments, but the, like the rest of the money he had, he would just put back into the company. So, yeah, yeah so it didn't matter. So, I mean, l let's just say uh, I was drawing $60,000 a year, but I was putting $80,000 worth of expenses back into the company. So you're drawing 60, but you're putting 80 in and you're going, well, where's the other 20 coming from? It's cash flow. So you still have credit cards, you still have credit lines, you're still going on business trips, you're still you know, going to see customers and this, that, and the other. That money has to come from somewhere. So it's either you're borrowing it on your business lines or you're borrowing it on your personal lines. But either way, you're still borrowing money, right? You're just moving it around. So you get better at it. I mean, you try to make sure you're not paying any interest. So you're trying to clear everything off every month. You're trying to not pay any fees. So, you know, as you start going through what's causing the interest rates on the company, what's causing the interest rates at home. Um, I could have refinanced my house a couple of times and pulled money off, but when you start running the interest rates against what you're paying, it may not make sense. Right. That's where you grow up on your finance side. So to start the company, I'm going to borrow some money from mom and dad. I can't do that. I'm going to go to the bank and borrow the money. Can't do that. Okay, I'm going to use my credit cards to do bridge gap, but if I'm late paying my credit card, my interest rate goes up, and they hit me with all kind of fees, and they start shutting down my credit line. Well, I can't do that. Then you'll never catch up. So then all of a sudden, you start getting into this domino effect. So a lot of people say, you know, you never really grow up. You just get more responsibility. That's You're a still fact. a kid at heart. 
To me, right. I'm a kid. So a kid is, I got a credit card. Woohoo! I'm going to go buy a big screen TV. And I'm going to do yeah. this. Gonna, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Right? And then I'm with you. the bill comes in and you're like, <laughs> whoa. oh, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> right. right? But as long as you're making the right purchases, right. like within the company. So, okay, yeah. So the server went down. So I bought a $2,000 server. Oh, yeah, the mics died. So I bought a $500 mic. All those are expenses and they're cost, but they're all within the company. Yeah. Right? So you look at it and you go, okay, I understand what the next step was. But I think a lot of people are like, it, it, there's this other thing called other people's money, right? I'm going to finance my company with other people's money. That's ideal. I'm going to borrow money from you. I'm going to borrow money from an investor. I'm going to get an angel investor. I'm going to get someone else involved that's going to pay for my startup. Well, you're really playing with the house's money, but the house always wins. So if I'm getting money from an investor and the investor gives me the $200,000, well, he's not doing it out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's going to take a 50% ownership or he's going to want 20 or 30% interest because he's a loan shark. Of course. Right? So now all of a sudden when you get into some situation like that, you almost never grow out of it. So it's better just to be broke and literally be swapping dollar for dollar than it is to sell your soul. And that's usually what happens. With oh, yeah, for sure. Right? But I always look at people when they do the startup and they're like, well, you know, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. You don't really. Uh, one of the people who we actually got involved with, and he actually was an investor, and we invested just for a six-month window, and then we bought him back out. Um, and that was only a $50,000 loan, so it wasn't like we did a huge amount. You have to look at it as I'm paying them to own a piece of my company, and then I want them out of the company, so I'm going to buy it back out. You can do all of that with a startup, but it's just on you, right? So I would rather dollar for dollar, credit card, use my own cash and own 50% or 100% of the company where me and Sean are 50-50. And I think partnerships are great as long as you have the right partner. But to go to a bank and an angel investor and try to do everything at once, I wouldn't do it. Um, you know, people are like, well, if you would have just gotten a $3 million loan at the beginning, you could have started this company and been off to the races and you wouldn't have to do the stuff that you're currently doing. Well, that's right? if you could have got $3 yeah, million. Dollars. If you can find someone to loan it. Well, I mean, I could go to an angel investor and I could say, look, I'm going to give you 5% of the company and it's going to cost you $50,000. And then I could sell 90% of the company and I could line up a million dollars, right? Or half a million dollars. That's oh. what a lot of people do, though. When they get caught, like, chasing their dreams, they sell part of their company, and then long run, it screws them over. Well, what ends up happening is you end up losing ownership of your own business, and it happens all the time. I mean, look at Papa John's. He started in his dad's bar, grew the company uh, to, I think it was $6 billion in sales. or so. It was 3 to $6 billion. I mean, when you're talking billion dollars, it doesn't matter one or two. <laughs> and literally, he just got kicked out of his own company because... He just kept losing ownership. So I would rather stay in the company, yeah, do the right thing. Because, I mean, if a corporation got involved with us right now, here comes all the red tape. You're not going to have families working here. You're not going to have, uh, you know, three-fourths of the things that we do on the side within the company. Because a corporation, red tape, I mean, that's what happens. You get away from the mom and pop. So we'll always stay the mom and pop. That's why we'll retain ownership as a private company. So is you and Sean 50-50? Me and Sean 50-50. What about Adam? Adam don't get a percentage? When uh, I'm dead, yeah. he gets the 50. Wait a minute. Your well, brothers nah. and sisters just yeah, heard that. Nah. <laughs> Adam's getting 20% because it's five of them. 
Yeah. So I mean, you, oh, and the mom now fifteen percent. Oh man, just keep getting. It's a little, really getting watered down. I you know. got a solid one percent. Right. I'm telling you, solid one percent. And by the time it's all over, people. man. By the time it's over, I need one or two. So. But but the way you had to look at it is, money can't be your motivator. So you need money to start. Yes. Okay. So okay, hold up. So what kept you going? When you was broke, you was maxed out. You said you was in debt a million dollars. You wasn't getting no money because you was maxing everything out. What kept you going? Well, one, I had to make sure I got back to zero. I didn't have to make money, but I sure wasn't going to die in debt. Yeah, so yeah. I just had to get back to zero. As long as I hit zero, to me, that was an accomplishment. If I made money past that, that'd be great. Right. But as long as I took care of everybody that I owed money to, right, I was good. Now, really, the motivator for me is, can we actually change something within an industry that doesn't like change? So can we educate people? Can we get them to the next level to where they can start their own companies and then learn by our mistakes? And if we can help them avoid a lot of the landmines that we ran into, like social media. You could spend all kind of money on social media and get nowhere. You could spend all kind of money on marketing, on, on paper prints, commercials, and get nowhere. So if we could show a couple of people, hey, we tried this and this worked, and we tried that and that worked, that would be ideal. But to me, the cash flow that most people are afraid of is because they're trying to start too big. If cash flow is a problem, you don't have anything to start off of. A dollar to two dollars, two dollars to four dollars, four dollars to eight dollars. That's what you need to worry about. And then that one day when you're like, wow, now I've got ten thousand dollars. Now you can look at doing something else. But if you don't have any money, you have to take care of it. The other thing is, I think people try to start a company with bad credit. What do you mean? Like they just wake up and say, I want to start a company and they have horrible credit. Oh, <laughs> you're not going to be able to start a company with no credit and broke. Well, the little kid that wants to start up a lemonade stand doesn't have any credit. So why we? Why Mom we and dad. <laughs> He's leaning into them, right? But a cosign. <laughs> a cosign, right? But you need to have your own financial house in order. I'm not saying that you have an 800 credit rating and everything's peachy. Good, because I definitely don't have 800 points. That you have a credit card and your credit rating's <laughs> above 600 or at least 650. I'm not saying top player, but... It at least shows that you're responsible, that you have a credit line. Because as you start growing, you know, when you start maxing out a $5,000 credit line, Capital One and, and Visa MasterCard are going to be like, oh, yeah, we want to give you more money because you're paying on time and you know what you're doing. Right. So five becomes 10, 10 becomes 20. I mean, I literally have probably $150,000 on pre private credit card lines, right? And you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But I don't use them. They're basically like on zero. I have them. I've used them before because if I need to do something within the company, I need to buy a forklift. I could buy it on a credit card if my interest rate's low enough. Would right? you buy it new or used right now at this point? Absolutely used. Absolutely. <laughs> you cheapo. I tell people I do not pay sticker price. Sticker price is sucker price. Has anybody seen Josh?